Hello ladies and lads and welcome to Hollow Leg History. This is the show where we go over some notable events in today's date in history. Today's date is October 9th and I wanted to do something a little bit different. I wanted to focus on a single event. Um, there were only a handful of events that happened today that uh, I felt worth noting. But this one in particular I wanted to focus on because it is I think completely forgotten in Western history at least, even though it was very key um, in the lead up to World War II. It happened in 1934. So without further ado, let's begin. As I stated, it is 1934 and we are in Marseille, France, where a Bulgarian slash Macedonian revolutionary by the name of Vlado Chernon Zimski, associated with Croat terrorists in both Hungary and Italy, assassinates King Alexander of Yugoslavia and French Foreign Minister Louis Barthot. The two of them had been on a tour of European capitals in a quest of an alliance against Nazi Germany. The French foreign minister, Louis Barthot, had attempted in 1934 to build an alliance meant to contain Germany, consisting of France's allies in Eastern Europe, like Yugoslavia, together with Italy and the Soviet Union. However, there was a long-standing rivalry between Benito Mussolini and King Alexander, which complicated Barthot's work, as Alexander often complained about Italian claims against his country together with the support for Hungarian revisionism and the Croat Utasi terrorist group, which it, Italy apparently supported. So long as France's ally, Yugoslavia, continued to have disputes with Italy, Bartho's plans for an Italian-French rapprochement would be stillborn. During a visit to Belgrade in June of 1934, Bartho promised the king that France would pressure Mussolini into signing a treaty under which he would renounce his claims against Yugoslavia. Alexander was skeptical of Bartho's plan, noting that there were hundreds of Utashi terrorists still being sheltered in Italy, and it was even rumored that Mussolini had financed an unsuccessful attempt by the Utasi to assassinate him in December of 1933. Mussolini had come to believe that it was only the personality and charisma of King Alexander that was holding Yugoslavia together, and if the king were dead, then Yugoslavia would descend into civil war, allowing Italy to annex certain regions of Yugoslavia without fear of reproachment from France. However, France was Yugoslavia's closest ally, and Barthol invited Alexander for a visit to France to sign a Franco-Yugoslav agreement that would allow Barthol to, in his words, quote, go to Rome with the certainty of success. Upon the arrival in Marseille, France, there was a, of course, entourage and somewhat of a parade for the king, where Chernozimski was able to emerge from the crowd, approach the king's car and leap onto its running board while concealing a Mauser C-96 automatic pistol and a bouquet of flowers. He shot Alexander repeatedly, hitting him twice, once in the abdomen and once in the heart. King Alexander was dead within minutes. The chauffeur, who tried to push Chernozimski off of the car, and Alexander's companion in the car, the French minister Louis Barthot, were also shot. Chernozimski killed the chauffeur, apparently unintentionally. 
A police officer fired at Chernozemsky, but missed and fatally wounded the French foreign minister instead. The chauffeur died almost immediately with his foot pressed on the brake of the car, providing an opportunity for a photographer outside of the car to photograph the whole affair. Bartho might have survived, but he didn't, apparently because of inadequate medical attention. After shooting a policeman who tried to seize him and inadvertently killing two bystanders, Chernozemsky fired his handgun over ten times, killing or wounding a total of fifteen people in the crowd. He then attempted to flee the scene, but was struck down by a slash from an escorting cavalryman's saber. He then received a non-fatal bullet wound in the head from another police officer nearby, before being savagely beaten by the enraged crowd while the police stood back and watched. He would die of his injuries only a couple hours later. Pierre Laval, who succeeded Bartho as foreign minister, wished to continue the rapprochement with Rome and saw the assassinations in Marseille as an inconvenience that was best left forgotten. Both London and Paris made it clear that they regarded Mussolini as a responsible European statesman and in private told the Yugoslavs that under no circumstances would they allow Mussolini to be blamed. In a speech in Northampton on the 19th of October of 1934, the British Foreign Secretary, Sir John Simon, expressed his sympathy to the people of Yugoslavia over the King's assassination, but also stated that he was convinced by Mussolini's speech earlier in Milan, denying his involvement in the assassination. When Yugoslavia made an extradition request to Italy for a man by the name of Pavlik, who was the leader of the terrorist group responsible for the assassination, the Quai d'Orsay, the headquarters of the French Foreign Affairs, expressed concern that if Pavelic were extradited, he might incriminate Mussolini. They were greatly reassured when their counterparts at the Palazzo Chigi, or Prime Minister of Italy, stated that there was no possibility of Pavelic being extradited. Vlado Chernozimsky is, oddly enough, considered a hero in Bulgaria today. I hope you guys enjoyed that story. The reason that I wanted to focus on it is that it showcases some of the appeasement that was going on before World War II, not just for Hitler, but also um, Mussolini. I think that World War I was started for less of a diplomatic mess, but the... French did not want to have a war between Yugoslavia, Italy, and Hungary. There was a lot going on politically at that time in Yugoslavia. It was a very unstable region, and as stated in the podcast, Mussolini wanted to exert claims he had over parts of Yugoslavia. In any case, that'll wrap things up. If you guys enjoyed listening, I encourage you to follow and share. We do this podcast almost every day, and that'll help us grow. I'd like to thank you all for listening. This is The Hollow Leg, signing off.